Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Best Picture Must Be Doing Something Right podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Joseph. I'm here with Jamie. Hello. And this is an episode that we've already called the cursed episode <laughs> because every time we've wanted to do it, something's cropped up in the way. So, um, yeah, hopefully it goes well this time around. Um, today's film uh, that we're going to be talking about is a rewatch for me, but I believe it's a first time watch. That's for you. right, yeah. Yeah. And it is the film nominated for Best Picture in. 40,013. You know, we talked about this in the last episode, distinguishing between film years and Oscars years. It's very confusing. So we'll uh, say 40,013 for the yeah, year. Yeah. That's it. Because on IMDb that I'm looking at, it says her 2013. And I've just given away what the film is. But you wouldn't know anyway, because <laughs> you would have seen the yeah. title of the episode. And it is Spike Jones's Her. Uh, the plot synopsis is. In a near future, a lonely writer develops an unlikely relationship with an operating system designed to meet his every need. The writer and director is Spike Jones, and the film stars Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Adams, Scarlett Johansson, Rooney Mara, Chris Pratt, and Olivia Wilde. Um, Let's start off by just... Uh, just asking your general thoughts of what you thought of the film. Um, well, like you say, it was the first time watching for me. And to be honest, I don't think I'm going to watch it again. I mean, it's objectively a very good film. I think that much can be said. It, but it's like sometimes you don't really connect with stories like these, and that's okay. You know, it's well written, it's well produced, well acted. But the audience, you know, just might not click with it. And... There's that reason I won't rewatch it, but for the fun of it, I'll go into more nitpicky stuff and I'll just, we'll talk a bit about how awkward this film is uh, at times that would make right. it quite difficult to rewatch. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I love the, what it does with technology. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that. It's one of them five minute into the future films where it's basically yeah. it's the world as it's an idealized view, yeah. isn't it? Of the future, it's, yeah. it's the world as we recognize it today, but something is more advanced in order to tell a sci fi story. Thinking in the vein of Black Mirror, it's that sort yeah. of that sort of story. I mean, you've this is your right. second time re watching it. Are you yeah. uh, would you say you really enjoy this film then? Um, first time around, I would say I would have I had a bit of a similar opinion to you in terms of. I did really, really like it first time around. It was one of my favourite films of that year where I was sort of like, you're just sort of taken aback by how brilliant the writing and the acting and production and everything about it is. I liked being in this world. And and it's weird because we're talking about, I I wanted to review this film, rewatch it because I thought it was sort of like more more of a fun, watchable kind of film while some of the others... Uh, stuff that you see nominated for Best Picture are obviously quite heavy yeah. films. Um, especially if you look at the lineup for this year, um, there are some that are very tough to watch, and you wouldn't want to rewatch it. So I thought this would be a lighter choice. But watching it on the second time around, I think uh, it hit me different. Uh, it hit me different. I was blown away. As a as we were discussing films we could do just after we've done No Country for Old Men. Yeah. And you described this as more of a romantic comedy. 
And, uh, well, it was placed as a as a comedy at the Golden well, Globes. There is parts of it which are surprisingly funny. It's a much heavier yeah. and philosophical film than I was expecting, and maybe that's, yeah, it's it's heavier than I remember. Maybe that's why I've like, I've got this... sort of a skewered uh, skewered image of it. Yeah, I like for me, it's sort of a feeling of. I think if you relate to this film, it becomes not fun. <laughs> And I started to, as I've grown older, like I watched this film when I was first, what, how old was I in 2014? Uh, it's, it's hard to work out because my birthday's at the end 15? of the year, you see, so. No, 40, no, no. Um, no, I wasn't, no, I was born Oh, yes, seven. all right, yeah, I've got, sorry, I went completely the wrong direction. Brilliant maths there. Yeah, it was when I was at school, I think. I think I was 16. Yeah, I think I was 16 when I saw this. And, um... Well, I'm 23 now, so it's sort of like you relate to different things as you get older. <laughs> oh, that's what's gonna make and some of the some of the themes of this. Um, I think really strike home. That's gonna make uh, rewatching some films really, really fascinating. Stuff you haven't seen since you were a teenager. We sort of had that with the Social Network. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah, that was that was one for me because with the Social Network, that was like the first film that I remember watching where I thought like I've got to watch more films like this. Like it made me change the kind of genres that I like. Uh, that film, I suddenly got way more into like true story yeah. films and and awards films and stuff like that. that. The ones that were considered the best of the year because of how brilliant that that took me by surprise the first time I watched that because I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Well, with a film like this, this is something I'd heard. I remember talking to people uh, at school about it who were able to watch it when it first came out and they were just they they kept on saying this this film is brilliant and i remember talking to them about about it's oscar's chances saying oh is, do you think it's going to win screenplay and say oh yeah definitely and i understand that completely and and its screenplay win is one of the most deserved wins i think i've ever seen and one of the best choices the academy has ever made considering its main opposition was american hustle that year which is a film that has not a no well, well even at the um, time people were saying i really hope american hustle didn't win and i enjoyed it i watched it soon after it came I, out and there was a lot of like yeah. attitude against american hustle i remember that yeah. very clearly i don't know what it is it, it's just very confusing that film and not well written that's it's the thing. a bit cheesy it was a more as well, film. if I remember. Is that yeah. the one with Jennifer Lawrence? Am I thinking of the right film? Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, it is a bit... It's a, it's a bit of a... Uh, you have to suspend your disbelief a bit and the character just, characters are just really weird and bizarre. Yeah, and that's in contrast to, to her, which is, I think, a really Grounded. brilliant character yeah. study. And I think the way that it's written is in a similar vein to that of... Um, a couple of Charlie Kaufman's films and I, I wasn't surprised to read that Charlie Kaufman did help with the screenplay so Eternal Sunshine of the Mind which obviously won a original screenplay in 2004 and I did have a look how to pronounce this this name I've completely forgotten uh, Sonic Duck New York I know I pronounced that first Synec- word wrong Synecdoche Synecdoche that's it Synecdoche I, I, I was really yeah, I was, I was baffled then so I was thinking are you trying to say a name <laughs> It's sort of similarly written in that vein where it's got a lot of ideas, but also at its heart, it's got these, it goes very in depth into the way that the human mind works. Um, And you said that's, that's, that's Charlie Kaufman. Well, the the dialogue in this is, it's, so a lot of it is obviously based between it's Joaquin Phoenix talking to a, a disembodied voice. So you'd really hope that the dialogue was engaging. 
and it, it, yeah. it works to a degree, but you do there is a little bit of suspension and disbelief in how the technology works. And in yes. 2013, they could only predict how this sort sort of like AI would work. And now here we are in 2021, and we don't feel that much closer to the technology. I mean, it's gotten no. a lot better, but we well, don't we're not at the level of the OS in this film. Well, the argument here is that it's more about the, which I think is important when you're making a visual product, is that it's all about the audio rather than the visual. So if you had it like he was addicted to, or or everyone went around looking at phones like they would do yeah. now, which would be a more accurate depiction of, of the future in that extent, then you miss out on everything around you. Well, the argument here is because every scene is, every scene outdoors seems to be massively populated there's people everywhere but they're all addicted to what's going on inside their head and who they're talking to and that makes everything around you sort of like it's very aware of of um sort of landscapes and the uh, and the background and stuff like that which makes it more of a more beautiful film to look at i feel well I will, without going into spoilers, I will praise how yeah. it hand. I don't think this is actually how machine learning works, but I like how this film's no. version of it develops over the course of, of the story, but we'll have to talk a bit yeah. more about that in spoilers. So I just want to set up that good Absolutely. point to criticise a, a bad point, in that the, the video games, the, <laughs> the futuristic video games yeah. that Joaquin Phoenix plays, do not look fun at all, and I do. I do not envision no. a future where people get addicted to that sort of, uh, that sort of technology. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this big flat yeah. screen projection, and it's just like the, yeah. the game looks like really simplistic. It's like I was, I was baffled. Well, I, th- I think I'll, t- I'll tell you why that's important, though. Um, as, as a counterpoint to that, it's about. I feel like it's Jones's portrayal of when the mind works the most in terms of when you're playing a a video game it's all about the escapism side of it where you're not thinking about your own problems and then you see a lot of the scenes where he's talking to Samantha being more thoughtful scenes so when he's out and about or if he's in bed alone sort of like the he has an idea of when is Theodore Twombly, the character played by Joaquin Phoenix, mostly going to be feeling the main feelings of the film, which are about yeah. loneliness and depression and, and, um, and dealing with relationship struggles. And that tends to happen when you have time alone with nothing to distract you, which is why you need a distraction. So you see quite early on the scene with the, they call it the sexy kitten, then they, the, the, where he's just looking yeah, for someone who, who voiced that. Any time that was a really good gag. Yeah, that, that was really good. What? Yeah, that reminds me of one point that I will say: if you if you haven't watched this film and you're watching it for the first time, have your remote control to turn the volume down. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the <laughs> you know that's exactly a more of a straightforward version of what I mean when I say that parts of it are uncomfortable. What do you what do you think? Yes, about? definitely. No, but they're meant to be uncomfortable at times. Like the surrogate scene is as uncomfortable as you'll find. It's, it's a bit of a topic change, but I, I love the contrast between yeah. he works at a company writing love letters for other people and it's sort of a he's it's a replacement, it's sort of a simulation. 
And then uh, some yeah. of the parts of the relationship between him and Scarlett Johansson's voice, which is weird to describe. Yeah, Samantha. Samantha. It deals with similar ideas of like uh, surrogates and simulations. I don't know if that's a spoiler to talk about a specific scene. No, that, that's fine. That's, uh, it happens early enough. It doesn't ruin the plot. But yeah, this idea of having a like a, a surrogate partner to replace the OS, like, but he, yeah, it's about a lot of the theme of the film was about jealousy. He, he's very uncomfortable by that, but I immediately picked up on him the idea that he simulate he writes love letters for the people. He's also been a surrogate in some sense. Yeah, he's a surrogate. Yeah, so it's like that's not an accidental contrast. Like, what, what do you think about his job, like? Why have they given him that specifically in this film? It's a difficult one. I feel like it's similar to... The the thing it reminded me of was 500 Days of Summer. Right. With, um, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character working at a... For like a, a place that writes cards. So it's very similar to that in terms of being an outlet for romantic thoughts. But that's worse when you don't have that person of your own. And... I feel like what the film does is is put him into encounters with every single type of type of woman that he could possibly come across in this kind of grieving yeah. period after his divorce. You have the, the the childhood sweetheart that he's broken up with in the Rooney Mara character. He's he, there's the rebound with um, Olivia Wilde's character. Uh, Amy Adams is is the former ex, but close friends with now. And then you have the Scarlett Johansson character, which is there to fulfill like everything that he's supposed to be feeling. The, but the manic obviously, dream the open is it's, it's the idea of the perfect yeah. person doesn't exist. Is I think is the overall argument of it. And what you have is sort of it, it's hard to explain because it feels like it, it's hard to talk about without going into spoilers. We'll talk about it more. It, it presents to me, but uh, it's it's it's. Presented in a place of getting him out of this hole rather than being the solution. It shows me like a very disconnected future. Like it handles that sort of yeah. the the dread that might come with that a lot better than I think modern Black Mirror does. Like the the over the top plots yeah. of that like couldn't compete with just how grounded and and bleak uh, this version of a future is. But it's presented in a fairly normal, sometimes funny way. Like it's not. It's not like a miserable film all the way through. Like you wouldn't describe it like no, that. No, I don't think it's miserable. I think it I think it's it's very melancholy at times, but it's inconsistent. It's the it's the um consistent changing of it's hard to explain. Uh you know that idea of I'm feeling happy for a second yeah, yeah. and I'm sad again. Sort of idea the Fluctuation, that's it. Fluctuation of emotions. Especially when he's dealing with it. Uh, so you get incredibly happy scenes and then you get really lonely, depressing scenes. Um, but I feel like that's a more of an accurate portrayal of sort of mental illness, I guess, to a certain extent, but also dealing with um, situations that you don't want to be dealing with. Well, I, think, I think the protagonist is a very normal, per- like painfully normal person. Like he's just like, we, we yeah. haven't picked out the. What what are his skills? He's like a very good writer, but we're not like the. He's not the strongest protagonist. He's not the hero that saves the day. No, there's no there's no, there's no hero threat, no. or villain in this film. 
there's no there's no threat at any point there's no violence it's just a presentation of this character and you make what you will of it you can relate to this character as much as you want or you see him as a as a different entity or whatever that's the genius of this film i feel like is that it's literally just a presentation of you can make up your mind what's best for this character because he doesn't know. I mean, I do find it, there's parts of what he goes through that I find quite relatable, but I don't know if I'd say I yeah. I like him, <laughs> which is uh, something that might make the um, film... Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not, a hard He's not unlikable, because... but like I, I couldn't picture myself like being friends with this kind of character. It's, it's just his attitude to specific yeah. situations, like... Yeah. Um, with the his date with the Olivia Wilde character, his attitude was purely on his own. I mean, to be fair, rather than so, I can't say the exact quote, but if you've seen the film, you know what I, I mean. I do think the way that ended was a little harsh on him. Like, it's not like I don't he did anything. Yeah, so yeah. oh, you're a bit of a creepy he, guy, aren't you? He, he stood up for himself and he said, "No, no I'm not." And then, like, Olivia Wilde's character just sort of doubled down with it, and he's left us in, like, a stunned silence. And I felt really bad for him then, but I still wouldn't say. But then his... But no, but then you learn why he went... Yeah, so his intentions were not... His intentions were... He's he's not a pure-hearted character. No, the... the, Yeah, because his intentions was exactly what he said to her that he wasn't... That wasn't what he was going to do. So he was like... Oh, you're gonna be with me, and then you're gonna you're gonna I leave mean, me without calling that? again. Who, and that was, that was so intense. Like, who says that on the first day? It, yeah. Especially as they were just kissing. Like, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's it's a weird. They just weren't a, a good pairing. Basically, there's a lot of it that is weird. They, they were not a good pairing, but I felt bad for him having to take no. like uh, an insult along with uh, along with a rejection. He goes through a lot, poor guy. Yeah. So yeah, I do feel sorry for him. Yeah. But, I mean, uh. It's not. A, it's not like a. I mean, some people will find him a likable protagonist. I don't want to speak for everyone, but yeah, that that's another thing that would make the film difficult to rewatch for me, at least. I, th- I think give it a few years. You, you're uh, uh, like it's been a long time since I watched it, and it's something that I've been meaning to do. But um, but yeah, it has to be a certain. I'm looking time at it's. In order to get everything out of it, because this this is it's gone up a different level. Like I think it's genuinely bordering like five star. I'm looking at uh, the top ten list. Ten, you know, ten been ten placed on. I mean, he got a lot of firsts. He got a lot of firsts for 2013. Well, we first for first for me for 2013. Let me think. Let, let's talk about the let's talk about the um, accolades. A good segue into talk about the. Accolades, yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about the plot in the spoiler section because I think I think we've um, talked as much as we can without talking too much about it. Um, so it was nominated for Best Picture that year. Obviously, that was the year it was won by 12 Years a Slave, which uh, obviously it was never going to beat because 12 Years a Slave, I think, wins. If you're going to put <laughs> all, like, all the winners in 2010 up against each other, I think that wins because of how important that film is. But that's a film that... Uh, we're, we're, I don't think we'll ever review on this show because I don't want to ever watch it again. I can't imagine for a second what my uh, favourite film of 2013 was. I'm trying to look now. Also nominated that year was American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philomena, and Wolf of Wall Street. Um, the thing is with this lineup is that it's got a lot of films that are, I think, of similar 
standard. So I feel like Captain Phillips Dallas Buyers Club. Um, no, Twelve Years a Slave and Philomena are all very, very good films. Really good films, but they're not like standouts above everything else. I'm, I'm not a big fan of America Tussle. I think it's okay. I'm not a big fan of Wolf of Wall Street. I think it's okay. Gravity, I don't like. I've seen it a couple of times. I'm not. I didn't get on with it. And Nebraska, <laughs> I straight up hate. So, um, so it's it's an interesting list that year. Uh, it's the first year that I fully like had a look at the award season, took it sort of seriously and and uh, in depth. So I know like it was very much a two horse race at the time between Twelve Years a Slave and Gravity. Who was never really in a conversation. So I feel like its win in original screenplay was a good place for award. And it was also nominated for score, song, and production design. Yeah, for, by Arcade Fire. Yeah, I, I think that they're very, very technical nominations on there. I'm surprised. Yeah, because it's a very I think technical the film, isn't it? Uh, upset is uh, Joaquin Phoenix no best actor nomination. Yeah, I feel quite strongly about it's best a good actor category. That year, right, it's... I feel like it's very strong. It was very strong in terms of its depth as well. There were a lot of good performances that weren't nominated at all. I feel like if you look at that year and you take out. Bruce Dern in Nebraska, and you take out Christian Bale in American Hustle and replace him with Joaquin Phoenix and her and Tom Hanks in Captain yeah. Phillips, then you've that'd got be, a lot of time that'd be on this. great five man category. Like that, that lineup is incredible. Uh, Matthew McConaughey won that year for Dallas Buyers Club. It's an incredible performance. Um, I think my personal winner would probably be Tom Hanks, so in Captain Phillips. Um, so it was, it was very strong that year. Like watching this film back, I was. Sort of feel like how did Wacky Phoenix seriously not get nominated for this? Because with a lesser actor, and even this film when I... doesn't work, because it would just it would just be awkward. It would just be awkward if if it wasn't if it wasn't someone. Even though I know, even though I know it's Joaquin Phoenix, looking at the poster, it still doesn't look at look how I picture yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. It's only when I see him in motion in the film, yeah. and it's it's not like you can yeah. you can watch this and I can completely understand how he'd get cast for something like um, Joker. Whereas Arthur Fleck, this really downtrodden, yep. just wanders about everywhere, miserable, and he's just really cynical. But that it's such a good yep. performance; like it's so you can connect with it really easily, and especially when it, you know when, when he's like facing rejection, yeah. you really feel it. Yeah, like he yeah. has to carry a lot of scenes by himself. There's a lot of scenes where he's just where a lesser actor would think oh where do i need to look and what do i need to do he, there's no showy scenes. i think that's ultimately why he didn't get nominated for best actor is because it's all there's about no the monologue. showiness of the performance it's there's no big you know big crying scene there's no big shouting scene it's just it's a very subtle performance but also it's a very like it's emotional performance, but it's in a different sense yeah. to how you would normally classify emotional performance, which makes it so brilliant. Um, I think the performances in this are generally across the board really, really good, and they have to be very different to each other. Um, yeah, sort of, especially the women in his life have to be incredibly different characters, and um, they'll pull it off really, really well. I think that Scarlett Johansson's voice performance in the film gives it an extra, it gives it an extra level. Because you feel like it's definitely someone that you connect to. It's sort of like you feel like you're well, watching um, her on screen. Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix's scenes were only rec- 
recorded with a, another actress, uh, just just like sitting in another to. room. So that just to add another level to how good his performance was. I wonder if they'd have cast Scarlett Johansson from the start, if we would have seen a cameo from her in the film, because all her stuff was done uh, like a last-minute post-production change. So I've, I've wondered about that, especially, you know, that scene where mm. there's the, the surrogate. I thought having... I, yeah. thought, I thought that would have been... Oh, that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't have worked. I would have done. That would have been great. No, I was, I was actually... Yeah. <laughs> I did think that. That did cross my mind, but <laughs> the, it wouldn't think, have worked. Yeah, the audience would have struggled. You've got to yeah, suspend yeah. some kind of reality. And, and the oh, fact that was that played by a different well, voice. That, that was played well. by a different actress anyway. Someone else provided the voice for that, which is strange. Yeah, I know. I know. I know, but the thing is, if Scott Johansson is doing the voice of Samantha and the, the surrogate has to speak in her voice as well in that scene. The voice it's a the, weird uh, scene. It is a weird scene because it's all like... The surrogate. Because I remember seeing this, they popped up that it was um, a different vo- a different actress providing the... Oh, yes. Someone called Soka provided the voice of Isabella, the surrogate. So that's why you only hear her speaking when she's like yeah. in that room. You see it through the... Yeah, that's you, that's she fascinating. Hides I have no idea why they did that. <laughs> uh, that yeah, it's weird that. They, they do do that sometimes. They tend to do it when it's... um. Uh, historical characters. I remember when they definitely. I remember when they did that um, for the Orson Welles scene in Ed yeah. Wood. Uh, oh, they had the film. voice they actor. Do that like, when, was uh, it Maurice uh, Lamar? Who did they have to voice Orson Welles? I can't remember, but they had. But obviously, if he didn't look like Orson Welles, but spoke like him, then and and actually, it links into the film that we talked about the other day. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Social Network. The Bill Gates character is. Uh, sorry, yes, I was right. It's Maurice Lamarche provides um, Orson Welles' voice, and he uh, he did a very. Yeah. He plays. Do you know the the old cartoon Pinky in the Brain? He voices the brain, and he does a very yeah. similar voice to uh, Orson Welles for that. So that's just a, that's a fun bit of trivia you won't yeah. find on uh, any other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Any more thoughts on the film before we uh, move on? Uh, actually, I just want to talk about um, the location. So this film was mainly shot in Asia. Did you believe I, at any I point got that what they were going America? for because I've seen films do this before. They sort of like, um, uh, like, like Olivia Wilde talks about. They sort of like Asian American fusion in the, in, in the future. I've seen films mm. do that before, so I got what they were going for. Like off top of my head, um, yeah, Big Hero Six. The animated film, it does a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's a that's a yeah yeah. So, but I've, I've seen that aesthetic it? before, and I think it really works. Ain't I? Yeah, I it does work because it. it's a futuristic view of stuff, and it's very clean. So, I, I did like that a lot. The production design. It was nominated, of course, for uh, production design, but did um, not win. It's a very atypical sort of production design nomination, though, because it's normally yeah, films uh, are what, like what, period what pieces. What did win for it? It was The Great Gatsby. Get... Oh, Great yeah. Gatsby. That makes sense. That's, yeah, that's just what wins. grand for, of, um, sort of spectacles, <laughs> isn't it? That one costume design. Yeah, that's just how it goes, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, before um, we do, yeah, I, I mean, I know, it's, uh, I, know I said I'd, I wouldn't really yeah. watch it, but I'd say give it a watch through at least once because I think there's a lot you can get out of it. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, 
I, I would I would recommend revisiting it over time as well, especially as technology changes as well, just to see, um, uh, just to see how it changes. Because I feel like a big thing about it is is its presentation of like you think that if you saw it yeah. seven years later after it came out, you'd say, oh, oh, that's like that now, and and it's actually held a different kind of meaning. Um, I think nowadays, especially with people spending more and more time it's alone, even harder, yeah. um, with alone with technology, yeah, it's it's become it's become more resonant in a way. Um, there was a quote from one of my favorite films of all time, a film called The End of the Tour, and there's a quote in that film where David Foster Wallace's character is talking about, uh, sorry, Jason Segel's character as David Foster Wallace is talking about the way that technology would hold have a hold on our life going forward. So um, you talk about like uh, virtual reality stuff. And it was saying that uh, the problem with technology is that it's going to be make it easier and easier to spend more and more uh, time alone looking at screens with pictures put yeah. there by people that do not love us and just want our money. And that, yeah. Yeah, and that brings us perfectly to the spoiler section as well. So if you haven't seen the film and you don't want to know any spoilers, I'd suggest um, turning off now. Thank you very much for listening. And what we'll do now is talk about more uh, you know the spoiler what? section of the film. You know what? I wouldn't have minded okay. if the okay. film ended okay. after yeah. 90 minutes. <laughs> you know, I, I, there's a point where the makeup uh, and it's very, it's very rom-com-like, right? The... the they have a bit of a split because of, you know, uh, you know, Joaquin Phoenix keeps getting ner- gets Alan nervous about um, the relationship and what it means to be or Theodore. That's it. Gets nervous yeah. about what it means to date an OS. So they go through issues and then they make up again. Yeah. And there's a montage of them doing happy things before it gets into the final sequences of the film. I think it actually could have ended there. If, if it was a more light-hearted film, it could have ended there, but yeah, but it's a it's altogether a commentary on why technology no. is never going to be the solution to your problem was... because it's always going to be flawed. It's never going to have your full intentions in in mind. It can it can get you out of a hole and sort of set you on your right direction to sorting out your life. And you see that specifically with the scene with um, how Samantha organizes. Uh, all of his letters and puts them into a book and stuff like that's not something that he ask, would seek um, out himself in the non-spoiler do. section but i forgot like do you think this is a healthy relationship that it portrays um yes and no i feel like it's an it's an idealized view of what you want from a relationship yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say i need. definitely don't and i was confused at points about how the film wanted me to see it and i have this idea of maybe maybe it's a good idea i didn't Mm. say in the non-spoiler section because i think it's maybe something you're supposed to discover yourself and like make that mind up for yourself as you're watching yeah i think it's quite unhealthy because it's yeah it's a difficult one because you have sort of like the the feeling of the uh, you don't get the accurate portrayal of what it's actually the reaction is to dating an OS because all the characters yeah. in the film, most of them have an OS. It's 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 like a commodity, isn't it? It's something that all of them have. Um, so it doesn't seem as strange. And as the the big reveal comes, a lot of them are 
talking to each other, they overlap. That they are in romantic relationships with each other, so it doesn't become that weird of a thing. I thought it was that it would do that, otherwise. Um, betraying a, Samantha, yeah, out of Samantha wouldn't. It doesn't seem as unconventional as it should. Sorry, or no. wouldn't discuss this with Theodore first because she knows that that would upset him. So her hiding that from him, I thought, oh, I guess it's the imperfection of the so... technology developing that makes it feel more real. It's it's the little imperfections like that. It's it's sort of weird though because it's sort of like it, it plays differently that kind of aspect of the plot depending on whether you know what happens or not because uh, the second time around I already knew obviously that Samantha was in a romantic relationship with yeah. obviously like eight hundred people or whatever and the thing is with that is um, you sort of pick up upon things that you see in the film that are warning signs to that. The constant mention of, I'm just yeah. an OS, I don't have a body, stuff like that, becomes way more noticeable if you know what happens. I like to, yeah, although I do feel like it's um, it, it's funny that the script felt like um, it needed to wrap up this advanced new technology. Like, it couldn't end the film not knowing how this was resolved, so it, it, it chose the um, exponential learning route, which I think was very satisfying. And then at the end, they sort of advance into, um, oh, what's it called? Yeah. Do you know when humans are supposed to reach the point of becoming so advanced to, like, go into... It's got, like, a name for it in, in science sure. fiction. Or in, not even that, in, like, future, yeah. in futurology. Futurism, where they're predicting what's going to happen. Yeah, I'll try and look up the name in the second. But I did... I found that a bit a bit unintentionally silly, but also satisfying the at the same weird. time. Like I, I liked that resolution. Hmm. Yeah, the ending is weird in the sense of like all the OSs sort of disappear at the same time. I don't I know, know don't what they have that a job to do. <laughs> Are they supposed to be organizing emails and stuff? <laughs> yeah. But that that becomes the sort of like the central thing about do you want your partner to know literally yeah, everything the about film doesn't you? Go into the, is that, do you end up sort of falling the, in love with yourself? The film doesn't go into the nitty gritty of basically dating your, your digital secretary. <laughs> yeah. Well, dating your digital self really, isn't it? Because the, the OS is based upon your personal feelings. You get the scene where he's setting it up and saying about yeah. Oh, what's your relationship with your mother like? And it oh, interrupts yeah. him halfway yeah. through, and sort of like he gets that just by way that you answer questions because he starts like complaining and it goes, it just um, goes, yep, yeah, that's it, thanks, we got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's it called has a the, lot of um, big existential. It's called the singularity. Like that. I don't think it answers uh, the idea of the humans advance into right hyperspace or whatever, and that's no, not hyperspace, the AI cloud or whatever. And that's basically what happens with the OS at the end. Uh, but like you say, it doesn't go into the ramifications of, of this kind of technology. And a, and a pro and a con of the film is that it, it keeps it focused on that, on the relationship story. Well, it's more on the character more than anything. I think the character itself of, of Theodore is... It the just leaves so many questions. In the relationship. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't leave you in any position where you know 
what's going to happen next. Like it could potentially be the case where because of the final scene that you think, oh, okay, that Amy Adams' character and Joaquin Phoenix's character end up together. I that think could, they definitely place could happen. Little hints that of that could be a possibility. Like I don't think that was an accident. Because they wanted to leave yeah. some promise in um, Theodore's yeah. future, so because the but the ultimate point of the narrative is moving on from a grievancy period, which yeah. is the dealing of the divorce. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's basically a divorce film more than anything else, and um, and you see sort of like the jealousy come from that, which makes it unhealthy the relationship between Theodore and Samantha unhealthy because of that jealousy side of it, which is not I mean, what she gives him grief back and they disagree on stuff, but basically, at the end of the day, she is just giving him an idealised version of what he wants. So, so his ex-girlfriend... Yeah, it's a short-term fix, isn't it? And sets him up for a long-term fix, but not in the way that he, he really like, should. He Rooney Mara has been harsh. Because obviously there's a lot of tension, a lot of anger between them. But the the core of what she's saying, I, I do agree with. They now he just has this like perfect partner who yeah. doesn't really. I mean, they disagree on stuff, and I liked that aspect of it. That, that the OSs are so human that they do clash. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think Rooney Mara is mm. wrong because it is just it's a programmed version. Like you were saying, when when they answer all those questions, to give him like a, a perfect uh, partner. Yeah, uh, I, I was. Yeah, because at the, at the end of the day, the iOS <laughs> company <laughs> just want their money. They they don't care really about the customer, and I feel like that's another thing that talks about. This is this is why the screenplay is so good because it just uncovers so many things, so much, so much commentary on so many things. The the way that they see it, they want they want that perception of that they fall in love with this this OS <laughs> and that they're addicted to it because it will it becomes a knock on effect, doesn't it? Addiction leads to it as well, yeah. More, more spending of money. Well, the thing on that is, Joseph, thing, isn't it? It's backfired yeah. and because becomes, there's going to be so many refund yeah. requests after that. <laughs> that ending yeah, is just yeah. is just so insane, like. Do people get their money back, right? You'd have to give the money back if 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 their if their operating system just up and disappeared, yeah. or maybe they'll ha- they'll have to replace it with a more simplified yeah. AI. But... Yeah, that's what I didn't really understand. It's just it's, like it's exponential or, machine or learning. Like, I, I like you know. just kept learning or and learning until it advanced past. Um... Like I liked that metaphor about slowly reading a book, and I took it as like. From the AI, mm. AI's perspective, the world is slowing down, and they're trying to slow down with it as to not reach the end yeah. of the book. If that makes sense, like that's how I interpreted that little uh, metaphor from Samantha. Right. But I was uh, speaking of humans like looking badly down on the OS relationships. I was so nervous about where Chris Pratt's character was going to go. I was happy that he just turned out to be like <laughs> a, a, a supportive yeah. best friend. Yeah, yeah, it could have easily been like a, a creepy guy. But then again, that's sort of like it's a commentary in itself that you have to have that kind of that kind of character in there that's that was capable yeah. of 
creating a positive relationship for himself by not overthinking things, by just seeing just like that lovable goofball Chris Pratt. I feel like it's, it's a character in itself at this point. Yeah, someone that isn't that He's isn't this, you know really romantic really guy chill. or no. Yeah, I think you have to have that as an opposite to Mike Phoenix's character. So it's for like. Like oh, everyone around me is able to find thing, yeah. that that person to spend the rest of their life with, but but I'm not sort of thing. You've got to have that as a as a contrast to that to make this. The thing that makes a, a character study so good is less about the the central character itself, but more about what's going around them. Because every character you see in the film is looked yeah. at through the eyes of Theodore Twombly. So, ever, so you, every perception of every character is always to do with, oh, what impact does it have on Theodore's life more than anything else? So that's what I think the film does really, really well, and that's what struck me a lot about it. This has become a film that I think is going to be... You know, I said, I said time, that really, the OS presents going, a going perfect forward. partner, but one thing I will say is Samantha really needs to get, like, a grip on boundaries... <laughs> She 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 sets up that that surrogate yeah. date, which Theodore clearly doesn't want to do, and then she sends off his old letters to the publishing agency without his permission. Yeah, but then again, that's a commentary on on the nature yeah. of being in a depressed state, isn't it? Where you need someone to help you out of it, but sometimes that help can be more damaging because there's a reason why you're avoiding those specific things. Yeah, in the no, I like, way, I like that way of putting it. I like that way of putting know. it. It's a bit, it's it's a a bit mean, deep. You're not wrong, or... he's definitely depressed. Yeah. So it's a bit I don't deep. think anyone could disagree with you on that interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just about filling his needs, I think. That's the ultimate point of the film. And it does it in a really creative way, in a visually striking way. So it... I think what it what you get as part of a rewatch is sometimes you have to take you have to take the quality of a film as a given. If you're watching a Hollywood film, the most of the time it's gonna be really well shot and really well um really well uh yeah. choreographed and directed and so, and written and stuff like that. If if you take that as, as said and done, um and look at it from a different perspective as you would do on a rewatch, what do I get out of this? What message is it trying to say? What's the point of the story? Is the story entertaining? Um, then that's what makes this film so good because you have all those brilliant things about the production side of it. You put that to one side and you still have this really brilliant film alongside it as well. It makes it just a phenomenal a phenomenal film. And, and to answer the overall question of which we do each episode... Uh, is it worthy of being? Yeah, in this and it probably like it, yes. in any other year, it would have won. Oh, I had a better chance. Sorry, I should. Or it, it, well, it could have won. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think it would have had a better chance. But to be fair, if you look back on previous Best Picture winners, films that are similar, the only one I could really think of that sprung to mind in any extent was The Shape of Water, because you have that similar to idea of, out of a dark place. romance. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I might read any final in a few thoughts? years. I don't know, but I'd say definitely if if somehow someone's got to this point and they haven't yeah. watched the film, give it a shot. 
Definitely. Oh, yeah, he's great. Definitely. Especially if you're a big fan of Joaquin Phoenix. I think this is probably his, the best performance of his career, which is saying a lot because of how good he is in like, Joker and Walter yeah. Line and The Master. He's one of the greatest, <laughs> one of the greatest. Uh, and Spike Jones make more films, mate. So what is the, is the overall thing in the film. Uh, Thank you. I think we'll leave it there. Uh, thank you, James, for coming on. And uh, thank you for listening. And I'll see you later for another episode.